The best Penguins playoff coverage, including all the games. WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. The Pirates are 9 and 3. 9 and 3, not too bad. Polanco has 5 home runs. He had 11 all of last year. I don't know whether to congratulate Polanco or his pharmacist. Polanco has 15 RBI. That's tops MLB. Dickerson, the guy they got from Tampa, he is in Fuego. Moran is hitting up to 343 tops on the team. Cervelli has 11 ribbies. Tyon's been great. Trevor Williams has been great. The Pirates are a decent team right now. And some guys ain't even got started yet, like Marte. And also Josh Bell for power, just one home run so far. So my question is, how invested are you in the Pirates right now? Are they building a connection with you? Rebuilding a connection with you? Rebuilding, pardon. Are you sold that they can be a contender? Or get a wild card? Or win the division? Or finish 500? Or whatever your minimum acceptable level of achievement may be? I feel like the Pirates can hit the ball and score runs. I also feel their bullpen stinks. Rock bottom. That's a tough riff, sorry. The Pirates made $35 million profit last year and were the only team in MLB to not sign a major league free agent in the offseason. There are still some decent relievers out there, but hey, profit margin. Nobody trusts management, nobody with the brain, but do you believe in the players and in Hurdle after a 9 and 3 start? 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Sick again brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Here's a bold prediction. The Pirates are 9 and 3. If they get to 10 games over 500, they will finish 500. If the Pirates get to 10 games over 500 at any point in the season, they will finish over 500. When I say finish 500, I mean give or take. 79 wins up to 82, somewhere in there. Then again, can the Pirates do that with that bullpen? I can't believe they got rid of the Rivero guy. But the Vasquez guy, he looks okay. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, here's an interesting tweet about the big screen outside PPG Paints Arena during Penguin playoff home games. Uh, Eric tweets, the big screen during home games is a giant fail by the organization. It should be up for away games only. My guess is they make money selling beer to these people at the tent outside the main entrance. Uh, that That's not true, Eric. It's, it's not a giant fail. A lot of people go down there to watch it. It adds to the electricity of the event. You got people going in. You got people setting up to watch on the big screen. I want people to not go because of how it affects me, Mark Madden. If you don't have a ticket, stay home. Watch the game on whatever you have, black and white, you know, Motorola. You know, I, I don't know how much you can afford to spend. I'm really rich. I've lost all perspective in that regard. But I, I don't want you to clutter up the parkway with traffic going to the game if you don't have a ticket. What's so hard to understand about that? Why would you do that? 
Why would you get in my way a famous celebrity and all the other people out there who have tickets, who are richer than you and therefore better than you? Why would you get in our way? You're being strap hangers. You're like people who upgrade to first class and then don't know what to do when they get there. And I've had to deal with plenty of those over my glorious years of sitting first class on airplanes. So stay home. Stay home. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Let's go to Byron in the car. Byron, you're on with Double M. Yes, King. Uh, first, let me apologize for going to the game, or uh, the big screen the other night. I won't do that tonight. Yeah, don't so, do that tonight. I won't, sir. In order for me to stay home, I was wondering, the other night the game was on local TV. I thought that the policy was not to have it on local TV. Uh, I think uh, I think in the first round. It stays on local TV. Okay, very good. Then I'll stay home. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Stay home. That goes for everybody. If you don't have a ticket, stay home. I'll fight you. Let's go to Dan downtown. Dan, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Regarding the Pirates, you know, going into the season, I fully expect them to be as, as terrible as they may very well end up being. But this start at least has me interested enough to to turn them on and maybe read an article about them when the game's over but like you said with the bullpen i think long term they're going to be right around where everybody said and and the the sad part is i wasn't kidding a moment ago there's a lot of decent and i don't have the names but there's a lot of decent relievers out there who still haven't been signed you could get them for for a song why not get just one of those guys you made 35 million last year Give one of them jamokes who can't get a job anywhere, give them $2 million to come in and pitch the rest of the year. Well, they might do that just because they know that they still need to generate probably some PR, even though this good start is doing it for them. They're not going to do it. No, smart. no, no, no. They're not going to do it. They, they got $35 million in their pocket from last year, and they are A-OK with that. They're 9-3. and three. Why add? They're doing great. Yeah, they're proving the critics wrong. Their 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 process is playing out just like they knew it would. Let's go to Jason in Wheeling, West Virginia. Jason, you're on with Double M. Double M, big fan. Uh, I just want to come on the Pirates. You're 100 percent right. Clint Hurdle is an idiot. And doesn't know what he's doing with the bullpen. Oh no, no. I I think Clint's a pretty good manager. I think he's a good man. I don't know. I think he knows how to do a pitching staff. He leaves. The- Starters in too long when they get. I don't think anyone would know how to use this pitching staff. Yeah, you're 100 percent right again as usual. If they if they had five inning games, they'd be all set. Yeah, that would be great if they had five inning games. It would be Uh, great on a lot of levels if baseball had five inning games. Yeah, that might be more popular too. Uh, Penguins and I think they'll do great. Uh, Keep the pressure on the Flyers if we win tonight. I think we have a great shot of uh, closing out in five or six. I think no matter what happens tonight, they have a great shot of closing on five or six, but t- tonight would make it easy. As I keep saying, the Flyers won't win four out of five. If the Penguins no, win tonight, they're... the Flyers will not win four out of five, especially trying to climb out of a hole to do it. Let's go to Dave in the car. Dave, you're on with Double M. Dave, you're on the air. We appear to have lost Dave. Let's go to Joe in Ocean City. Joe, Ocean City, Maryland, or New Jersey? Yes, Ocean City, Maryland. Okay, well, before we talk, there's a great seafood place that, that, like, hangs over the water. 
and I always forget its name. I haven't been there in years. What's it called? Uh, we got Sunset Grill, uh, Fager's Island. There, there, there's so many of them. I mean, it, Well, find out what it is hard. and get back to me. Uh, oh, anyway, what do you got? <laughs> I got a question uh, about Zach Austin Reese, man. Back when he was coming off an injury during the regular season. Wait a minute. Season, is this the Hebrew Hammer? No, no, no. This is definitely not the Hebrew Hammer. You said, doesn't he sound like him? Go ahead. What do you want? <laughs> back, back when he was coming off an injury, you said you felt that his game wasn't best suited for a fourth line. Now, I mean, I understand playoffs a whole different animal. I, I, still, I still stand behind that statement, but go ahead. Well, where do you see? Do you see him, him anywhere you know, throughout the playoffs, barring injury, moving up. I mean, knowing how Sullivan feels about his game, where, where do you see him as a player? I would love, on? I would love him on a line with Broussard and Kessel. Yeah. I think he'd add a little yeah. bit of grit, a little bit of down low play. But I have no problem with Zach on the fourth line. When I say that doesn't suit his game, I'm talking about what's best for him. And you know what? He's a better fourth liner than the alternative, which is Carter Rowney. Yes. I give Tom Kudakel credit too because. Kunakl's a left wing, and he's moving to right. He's played right some before, and he's making the transition pretty comfortably for these playoffs. He's getting the puck off the boards with possession, and that chip and chase, he is deadly with the chip and chase. I'm a big Kunakl fan. Seriously, German efficiency, all that. Although Liverpool play Bayern Munich, I think he's a Bayern Munich fan. Or is he a Dortmund fan? No, he might be a Dortmund fan. At any rate, if Liverpool get to the final, I'll be taking no prisoners. Up next, he is the king of old school. There's something happened in rock and roll that I really want to make a joke about, but I don't think I should. How about, is the Hall of Fame induction tonight? How about Dire Straits is being inducted? Neither Knopfler is showing up. Neither Mark nor his brother, who are the, who are the, the, the bulwark of Dire Straits, their drummer's not showing up, and nobody will induct them. Like, there's no presenter. I mean, given all that, why bother inducting them? They were just one-hit wonders with a novelty song anyway. I thought they were rotten. The king of old school up next, John Steigerwald, 105.9. This is Chris Letang of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. We welcome now in studio 40 years of broadcasting, author of two books, you can follow him on Twitter, at Steigerworld. He is the king of old school, John Steigerwald. Stag, I never thought I'd ask this question, but what do you make of the Pirates' 9-3 and three start? And winning two out of three in Chicago, that's pretty legit. It's legit, and it's 9-3, and three, and uh, the numbers don't lie. And they're playing in uh, Miami tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and do you know how many people they drew for their last game? 6,000. Well, so they're seeing in Miami what the people. Well, the Pirates are used to that. Well, no, but it's much worse. The Pirates here, they're seeing in Miami what people have threatened to do here. They're actually doing it in Miami. Well, Miami they drew like 12,000 for three games. It in was Miami, a, they weren't that interested in the first place. No, no, it's a terrible sports town. But uh, and they're 9 and 3. Now, um, you know, as I said on TV on Sunday, you know, you're, you're looked at as a, you're being a downer and all that. It's 9 and 3. You can't argue with that. But. Even even the some of the worst teams in in Pirates history probably won nine out of twelve in, at some stretch. It just happens to be coming at the beginning of the well, year. But that's good. No, I mean no that question. that could rekindle interest, which begs the question. Oh, they need it. When the Pirates return home Monday, will their upswing in play be reflected by attendance? No. 
Uh, there's the people don't do that. It's uh, it, they. How long will it take? How long will they have to play well and August, have a good record? Really, uh, that long? I think so. Yeah, because people aren't. First of all, there are a lot of people that are pissed off, and there are a lot of people who aren't aren't going to buy into it. There are a lot of people who are seeing Gregory Polanco looking like he's supposed to look three years ago when they were comparing him to Dave Parker and Clemente and Bonds and people like that. Um, he's finally starting to look like that. But they're also looking at him going, well, let's see, how many years we got left with him uh, before he's gone? So there's a lot of that going on, and it's going to take – the tickets are sold in advance. And people will start buying tickets um, not on Monday because they're 9-3 and three or 10-3. Well, like yeah, and, and I, I can't totally dismiss a knee jerk that would up at some, but I yeah. I think you're mostly going to turn out yeah, right. 5,000 5, walk-up is huge. Right. Now, I don't know what they're expecting Monday. I would expect about 12,000. So if they get sixteen or seventeen, it might mean three or four thousand showed up. And if they get fifteen or sixteen, that'll that will indicate an uptick. Yeah. If they don't, that's right. It, it, that's a good point. It will be reflected in the walk up, and it doesn't have to be a lot. But if it's three or four thousand, that's a step in the right direction. But yeah. I'm with you. I doubt it will be that. You mentioned Polanco, eleven home runs last year, five already this year. I'm tempted to send his pharmacist a telegram of congratulations. I've, uh, you know, it's baseball. And that's unfair. I know. But you're right. It's baseball. How can you not wonder? Well, I, you know, if you want to um, speculate about that, just go back. Just And I don't know. But go back and get take a look at his, a picture of him when he was playing at Indianapolis, three, whatever, four or five years ago, whatever it was, and look at him now. Uh, that's, and you, yeah, but he's, you, he's matured, too. No question. Uh I wrote a blog about baseball fights because there's been quite a few lately. Yeah, I say when the hitter charges the mound, don't tackle everybody. Back up and let the hitter and pitcher fight. Oh, no question. The, 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 what, what we see on TV, they're not really fights. No. They're just a bunch of guys scrambling around, and very few punches are thrown, let alone landing. I, I've spoken to players who got in those fights, baseball players, a long time ago, and they, used to, they told me that those fight, most of the time out there, the guys are laughing. Except for you know a few guys who are actually except have, for maybe the pitcher and the guy who got hit yeah maybe a couple other guys who are you know some maniacs who like to fight but the rest of the guys are out there asking each other about their wives and kids and laughing about it and you know any place good to go around here after the game and it's it, but I I've been saying for years just the umpire should do exactly what the linesmen and the referees do in the NHL let them go and then well, for, and, and the, the third guy in too. gets suspended. Yeah, the teammates too. The third oh, guy yeah. gets gets ejected and suspended. I agree with that. And that makes him for some good fight. Either it would make for some good fights or no fights at all. One or the other. Is there anything? Well, Nolan Ryan and Robin Yacht. Remember That'd be that? Good. Yeah. Nolan Ryan lumped him up. Was oh, that yeah. Robin Yacht? I think it was. It was yeah. Um, one thing that drives me nuts about baseball, and we'll get to hockey in a minute, but the unwritten rules. Mm-hmm. For example, Clint Hurdle, who should just mind his own friggin' business was bitching about one of the Cubs flipping a bat after he popped out. And don't get me wrong, I'd prefer he didn't, but the guy was frustrated. He popped up. Hurdle's right that he hit four home runs already in the series. He could calm down a little bit. But shouldn't Hurdle mind his own business and and just manage his team? Yeah, the only thing I'll say is that I don't know. Maybe you know this. You know, you say he was bitching about it, but did he just start... Talking about it, or was he asked a question and he gave an answer? Because there's a, I think there's a big difference. He, he, I, I don't think there's a difference, but you know, but I don't know. No. Well, so he should dismiss the, the I don't care, or he should yeah. say I don't care. Yeah, that's true. He should say, ask their manager. I'm going to yeah, manage my team. That's a good team. point. I, I will. I'll go along with that. But, um, uh, but you know, I will at least say that he was probably asked the question, so that he didn't come out and start yelling and screaming about you know what the what this hitter did to his team by flipping his bat in the air, but. The unwritten rules used to be enforced by the players. 
So if there was a pitcher who didn't like the gesture that the that the uh, that the the shortstop made, the next time he came up, he'd take one in the neck. See, but I, that, I hate I hate that too. Well, that's I gutless. I think there's nothing more cowardly than a pitcher throwing a baseball at 90 miles per hour or more at a batter who has no defense. I was always in favor of the batter being allowed to throw the bat at the pitcher. If, if the or pitcher... when you go out to the mound, take the bat with you. Yeah, absolutely. exercise your unfair advantage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you can hit him in the knees. You don't even have to hit him in the head. You see, I just, you know, I know Hurdle's a decent manager for this team. Yeah. I think he's gotten a lot out of the parts. I just like him less and less all the time. This thing about the bat flip, mind your own business, get your own dog off your own lawn. And I don't know if a guy who sabotaged his own career via alcohol abuse should be preaching about discipline and respecting the game. Yeah, just stay out of it. And, you know, the thing is, just imagine what, what this would be like if their record was 3-9 and nine and he had been talking about it. I got. I got to get to this. We're talking to John Steigerwald, by the way. He's brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing, con- on a name you can trust. Uh, Ryan Shazier was at the game the other night, mm-hmm. uh, game one of the Penguins Wednesday, and he stood up, which was great to see. But here's what I liked about him being there. He's there all the time, okay, and he stayed till the end of the game. I hate when Mike Tomlin and, and some other guys show up for their one Penguin game to get their fat face on the Jumbotron and get their applause. I respected Ryan Shazier for coming when he had come before. He's a fan, but if you haven't come yet, and like tonight would be your first game, do us all a favor and stay at home. I agree. Here's the thing. Have you ever seen Mike Sullivan or Scotty Bowman or you know did Bob Johnson show up at Steeler playoff games? No. Did they ever show up at Pirate playoff games in the mid in the early 90s? Did did a Pirate uh did a Penguins player feel the need to be seen and jumping around. I, 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 you know, just go to the game. That's nice. Have a nice time. You don't. We don't need a spectacle. You know, I, I, I don't. Maybe it's because it's indoors and it's easy to find and there's a smaller crowd. But you, you know, Tomlin's going there to get on the jumbotron. Do you, do you believe any other reason besides I, that? I, I guess not. Well, I, I, I Jeff see, Capel was there the other night, the new Pitt basketball yeah. coach, but he's barely been in town. Right, and he, you know, for someone like him, you can understand he's trying to get involved in the community. He's showing up. It's maybe drawing attention to him right now might not be a bad idea. He's a new name and getting people familiar with him. But I agree. Just uh, when you, until you see Sidney Crosby showing up at a Pirate game wearing a McCutcheon jersey well, in the tell playoffs. You, Sid, yeah. Sid goes to Steeler games and he yeah. has gone to Pirate games. You know what he doesn't do? Prance around for the jumbotron. Right. And probably, I'm guessing he sits in somebody's box so nobody will bother him so he can just watch the game. I know he sits somewhere where nobody will yeah. bother him. Yeah. Um, what should the Flyers do tonight after losing game one? Seven zip, the chili goal. <laughs> should they just play hockey? Should they goon it up? That's certainly in their DNA. I would hate if they gooned it up, but I don't think they can beat the Penguins straight up and haven't done so in any of five games this year. Yeah, I, there's no reason to believe that they can beat them. I'll say this. I know that everybody thinks that the 7 to nothing uh, loss is gonna is just devastating to the Flyers. But I actually think, and I'm not saying this means they're going to win the game or win the series, or I don't know what it's going to mean, but if you were to make me pick a team that's going to benefit more from the 7 to nothing loss, I'd say it's the Flyers. Oh, no way. Let me tell you why. Because I think they, they, the last, they, they are more aware of, of it than anybody about how embarrassing it was, how terrible they were, and they may not be good enough to beat the Penguins in a seven-game series, but they're not seven to nothing bad, and they're going to want to prove that. The Penguins. What what more can the Penguins get from that game? I, I mean, how much I, better can they? Play? I don't know that they're not seven to nothing bad when it comes to this matchup. 
Let's not forget, in each of the four regular five season goals, games, yeah. the Flyers conceded five goals. And I think that's where the 7 nothing does some damage because after losing four straight, allowing five goals in each during the regular season, and then conceding seven, you've you got to be like, how do we stop no, these guys? I'm no, not, I'm not necessarily the saying... The Flyers play like the Penguins in terms of style, yeah. only worse. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that I think that that's going to allow the, the Flyers to win the game. What I'm saying is... I don't think the seven to nothing uh, win helps the Penguins as much as it might help the Flyers losing by that much. Because how much better can the Penguins play? The Flyers can play better than that. I don't know. Can the Penguins play better than that? Well, after a the- shutout and seven goals. I mean, that's pretty good. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> which which lends nicely to my next question: How do you stop Sid and Gino? Those two made a big statement Wednesday, didn't they? You don't. Uh, the the uh, the. Uh, the goals by Crosby were ridiculous. The the deflection goal, I mean, just, you know, we've seen that. But the end, the almost end-to-end rush by, by Malkin was just, that was Lemieux-esque. And it was actually longer than end-to-end if you consider he, he went diagonally. Yeah. He went from he went from in front of his own bench to the top of the right face-off circle on the other end. Yeah, it was, uh, and and I had, I tweeted it, I just tweeted Lemieux-esque as I was watching the game, and Somebody else tweeted back. Ah, they just the defenseman quit on the the, the defensive. He went through a bunch of defense that defensemen and Flyers players. Well, he just blew get, by Gosnitzbear. Uh, yeah. Giroud did give up on him. Yeah, but why? Well, he he gave up because there was nothing he could do about it. Right. And and it was it was sick. It was just well, that's right. Had Giroud not given up, Giroud wouldn't have caught him. No, nothing's gonna. He, he just it was he he had built up ahead of steam, and they weren't stopping him. And that's one thing to build up the head of steam and not be stopped and then flip a shot like he made at the end of it. Is come on. Matt Murray now has three straight playoff shutouts dating back to games 5 and 6 in Nashville last year. And yet people always seem worried about Matt Murray. Does that just tie back into the notion that if you don't understand the game, you worry about the goalie as in football with the quarterback? Always. And I I you watched him he made a great save early in the game and that was a great save. That wasn't just a lucky save. That was a great save. And he didn't give up on it. No, he, yeah, he, he he was a. It was and he a, had to be every inch of six four too. Right, it was a second effort, great save, maybe third effort, and uh, and um, I also think that the team just uh, the. I heard you talking to uh, um, Mackay about the um, about the the fact that they turned the switch on. I thought this going into the series that the the Penguins, you know, everybody talks about how hard it is to win three straight. Uh, Stanley Cups. It obviously is, but it's. I think the Penguins are actually in better shape to win now than they might have been in the f- first Cup that they played because they've been there and they do have a switch. I and think they the did experience turn it on. means a lot. I don't think they have the depth of that first team. No, I don't think they have the talent, but what I'm saying me- mentally, they have the, the talent, the top-end talent, just not the depth. Yeah, the makeup, the makeup uh, of the team may not be as good, but he. what I'm saying is they knew all along during the season that, that they that they could turn it on because they've done it. They have flipped the switch on. They have played differently in the playoffs. And so that's I, – I think I think uh, that winning a third cup is, is ridiculously hard, but it, the other two don't make any difference as far as the difficulty in winning this one. Uh, We've got to get to this. Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed, the two guys who took a knee with the Niners, yeah. won't promise to quit taking a knee so nobody will hire them. Should the NFL just put in a rule like the NBA – that you have to stand for the anthem because I understand, you know, the rights of guys like Kaepernick. They have yeah. every right to do what they did, but now it's just totally counterproductive. Well, first, Whatever point needed to be proved has either been proven or not. It's time to end this and move on for the sake of the business. Right. First of all, they have the civil right 
to do it. They don't in any way have the right to do it as far as their employers are concerned. That's been proven by the fact that they don't have jobs right now, so they don't have the right to do it. Um, and I said from the beginning, uh, we talked about this here. We talked about it on the TV show on Channel 11, Sunday nights at 1135, the final word, um, <laughs> that I said either don't either tell the players they have to stand or they get benched or don't play the song. It's very simple. One or the other. Or keep them in the locker room. Well, yeah, but, yeah. but what they should do is... If you're on the field, you're standing or they, you're no, not No, they playing. should say you have to be on the field and you have to stand because that's what the NBA does. And that's just a condition of employment. And if you don't want to do it, you just don't play. Yeah, and it's very simple. If you don't want to, if you don't want to have that rule, don't play the song. Just start the game and forget about it. See, my point is, is that it's just gone on long enough. Oh my god! And, and, and it really is costing them viewers. Uh, I forget who wrote this article, but somebody wrote a blog that said, "Look, I know seven men, most of whom are war veterans." Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, I don't think this is disrespecting the veterans. I think it is trying to highlight I do too. causes. But, I know but, exactly what he's trying to do. But, but perception is what matters in right, business. Right. And, and this blogger said that he knows seven men, including a, a few veterans, who just stopped watching football cold turkey. And he made the good point. If I know seven men, that's a lot for one person to know. No question. What if everybody out there knows seven men? I know guys who what if everyone out? What if everyone out there knows two? I know people who did. I, I had uh, two people, as a matter of fact, come up to me on the street, two people I know, and said, I, I'm stop, I stopped watching. I don't watch. And, and they, these guys were guys I've known for a long time who were football fans. And, and if, they, if they tell the players they have to stand, there will be a momentary excrement storm. Yep. But it's better than one long shower of excrement. But I'm, Mark. It never stops. Mark, I'm paying you $600,000 to show up for a job today, okay? Oh, and, do what you're told. Yeah, and so, and I say to you, uh, you got a you got a I hate Hillary Clinton T-shirt on. I I can't have that. So take it off or get out of here. Well, well, you, well it's your choice. Well, you can that, leave the shirt right. on, but I'm not paying you. But you know you know what happened a long time ago, and this is the root of all this. And I'm not saying the athletes shouldn't make that much money because when you look at the economics of the game, they're probably even now underpaid. getting NFL getting less, underpaid, less than their fair share. Yeah. But the thing is, they're they've made so much money, John, that they think they're the boss. And no matter how much, who's the highest paid player? In NFL history, the, the, the most career earnings. Uh, oh, boy, it's got I don't know. Tom Brady, because of the length and success, got to be close, right? Right, So yeah. for the argument, let's just say it's Tom yeah. Brady, okay? Tom Brady has so much money, I bet he doesn't have one-tenth of what any NFL owner has. No. Not one. No. And and the thing is, that you know, there have been enough players, black, white, whatever uh, ethnicity you want to come up with, the they have made guys like Brady and guys guys like well uh, uh, Kaepernick was making that kind of money. They're making enough money that it wouldn't be that hard for them to band together and buy their own team. You know, have your own rules, have whatever rules you want. But if you want to take somebody's money at the rate of six hundred thousand dollars a week, and you're and the day that you show up for work, you piss off half at least half their customers, then don't expect to get another job with All somebody. Right. If it was the players uh, sacrificing revenue. They wouldn't take oh, any. Immediately. For sure would not. I don't think anyway. That's the king of old school, John Steigerwald. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. This is Brian Dumoulin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9, the X. Double M on the X. we got the Penguins and Flyers tonight. I don't think we've seen an official pronouncement from Philly about who's going to be in goal tonight. I would expect that Dave Haxtell, the Flyers coach, will meet with the media at about 5 p.m. If I'm Hackstall, I'd go to Peter Morazic at goal tonight. I thought about this quite a bit since that shellacking that Brian Elliott took on Wednesday. 
And Elliott was awful on Wednesday. He's coming off an injury. I hadn't played, I think, for the best part of a month or so, and then came back and played the last two games of the regular season, uh, games that meant nothing against not very good opponents. I'd go with Morazic. He played a lot down the stretch in place of Elliott, and I couldn't believe this when I looked it up, but Morazic has a very good playoff record. Detroit uh, snuck in the playoffs a couple times. They won the Don side when he took over their goaltending duties. But Morazic played 10 playoff games with Detroit, and his career goals against in the playoffs is 1.98, and his save percentage is .927. I would have more faith in Morazic than I would Elliott. A couple things I talked about with uh, Jason Mackey I want to throw out there now and get your reaction. Some things that work for the Flyers against other teams might not work for them against the Penguins. And it ties back to what I've said since this matchup became finalized. The Flyers play a lot like the Penguins, only worse. Uh, For example, I know Couturio scored 30 goals this year, 31 to be exact. But against the Penguins, the Flyers need him as a checking center. Couturier could have scored five goals Wednesday. They still lose seven to five. He did not score five goals. He was, in fact, minus five. Maybe Provorov and Gostasbear worked as a pair against lesser teams in regular season games. But against the Penguins in the Penguins' forecheck, which is relentless, the other two pairs can't move the puck. What the freak is Rodko Gudas going to do when Carl Hagelin's coming in on the forecheck. It's just a great matchup for the Penguins and an awful matchup for the Flyers. Huey Lewis has canceled his 2018 tour dates due to hearing loss. The only way I would have gone to see one of those dates would be if I had hearing loss. Might be too soon to say that, but Huey won't hear about it. No, that's, that's sad that the Bujisson uses his livelihood, but talk about Purell pop-pap. I, I never got Huey Lewis even a little bit. Uh, here's an interesting video. Let's take this call first. Let's go to Bob in Greenville. Bob, you're on with Double M. Yeah, quick opinion question here, and I'll get out of your hair. Uh, if you could have two Penguins players back from last year's team, that are not on the roster this year for the playoffs, who would you take and why? Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury and Ron Hainsey. Or or Marc-Andre Fleury and Trevor Daly. Either Daly or Hainsey. Okay. I think if you have Daly or Hainsey, your defensive problems are solved, and Fleury's a great insurance policy. If I could add two guys back, I mean, clearly, no no matter how much we all loved Benino and Cullen, they're better at center with the guys they got now. True that. True dad, thank you for the call. Okay, you got to go to the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Everybody is raving about the Andre the Giant documentary on HBO, The Wrestler. Seven foot four, 500 pounds. Actually, it was more like six foot 10, but that's still pretty big. I posted a video of Andre the Giant in a real fight, and he doesn't win. Check it out on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. It's a pro wrestling match in Japan between Andre and a guy named Akira Maeda, who's 6'3", tough as nails, a lot younger, a lot better physical condition. Andre didn't cooperate in the match. 
for whatever reason. Maybe he was drunk. In fact, I'm sure he was. And it turned into a real fight. You got to kind of skip around to see the parts where it's entertaining. But it's this big, huge guy in a real fight, and he doesn't win. Check that out on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Uh, one final plug. Uh, I'm having my big deck hockey tournament two weeks this week. It starts two weeks from tonight at the Island Sports Center on Neville Island, owned by Robert Morris. They they give us a great uh, deal of help down there. I have an odd number of teams for the one deck hockey division, the lowest division, the recreational division. I need one more team. I have a few that might play. I'm going to hear over the weekend. But if you want your team to play, you're not in it now. If you want to enter, email me, supergenius at wxdx.com. This is adult recreational deck hockey. And I'll give you some kind of special prize pertaining to my show because, like, like right now for that division, I have – 21 teams. There's no way to schedule 21 teams. I need a 22nd team. Or I'll kick one of the teams out that hasn't paid their entry yet, and you know who you are. Up next, going to talk to Bob McLaughlin, 105.9. This is Evgeny Malkin, and you are listening to Mark Madden on 105.9 X. I said earlier that Nolan Ryan lumped up Robin Yount in the brawl. It was actually Robin Ventura. Could have been Robin Williams or Robin Hood, for all I care. Joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought you by 84 Lumber. Bob, uh, what will the Flyers approach be to game two tonight? Because they got outclassed by the Penguins, playing them more or less straight up. Do you think they'll turn to thuggery? Will they switch lines? Will they switch defense pairs? Will the coach do things like that, which could be perceived as pressing the panic button, or do you think it'll be the same lineup and the same approach? Um, I don't know, Mark, if it'll be so much thuggery as it will. They're just going to dial it up a lot. And I can guarantee one thing. Uh, Wayne Simmons cannot be invisible, will not be invisible tonight. I think that he's going to make himself known. I mean, there was just nothing going on with that line in the first game. So whether it's a minute in, five minutes in, you know, beginning of the second period, Wayne Simmons, I think, is going to do something to get himself noticed, whether that's taking a run at Matt Murray, taking a run at another player. Um, you know, he's just going to get the Flyers dialed up a little bit uh, because, boy, they had absolutely zero on If you Wednesday. were Hackstall, would you try to get away from that matchup of Drew's line against Sid's line, which uh, Sid's line won so decisively on Wednesday? Have to, don't you think? Uh, I mean, Well, Sully gets last change. Right. Here so, on the- so Hackstall would really have to dance uh, very well to get away from that matchup if that's what... What Sully wants. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe he starts the game with the way things were. I mean, that's all you're reading coming out of Philadelphia right now is they're not going to change anything. Um, wow. But, you know, if if the Penguins get a goal in the first five minutes, the game could, could blow open. If the Penguins get a goal in the first five minutes and they haven't changed anything, Mark, then it gets a little bit wild, wild west. Then I think not just Simmons makes himself known with some muscle and some crazy annex. I think that that's when the Flyers kind of resort to well, all of Well, the thing that. with Simmons was... You know, he can't make impact if he never gets close to the net when the Flyers are possession of the puck. Although, they were 0 for 4 on the power play, and Simmons didn't get much done there either. Well, it did nothing work for them. So whatever, it, 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 I don't think it's going to be that same kind of game to that level tonight, obviously. That would, boy, that would be a miracle if it was just like that. But, um, and, and the Flyers did have some chances, but Mark, the more that that game on Wednesday went on, 
they knew more and more they were out of it, and they just seemed out of it. I mean, you talk. It, it looked like they, if give up is too strong a term, it's not too strong by too much. No, no exactly. That's well put. Um, and it was their superstars, you know, who did it. They they just. Adapt. They're not superstars. To them, they are. Yeah, to, to Philadelphia, to, a guy to like Drew is a superstar. But Up he's, and down Broad Street, they are. He's a ham and egger and nothing more. Uh, who would you play in goal? You heard me talk about Morazic's playoff stats with Detroit. And Elliott looked awful, simply awful on Wednesday. Terrible. You have to go with Morazic. Um, Josh Yowie talked a little bit about he thought that maybe Elliott was injured or coming off an injury or just. Well, Elliott missed a bunch of games and then played the last two games of the regular season and didn't look great, but they were playing. Well, actually, the game meant something to Philadelphia, you know, because they needed to keep oh, winning. Yeah. But uh, like that last game against the Rangers, the Rangers already had their bags packed and their flights home booked. I would go with Morazic. I just think Elliott looked out of it on Wednesday night. Um, what does it hurt you? If you keep Elliott in there and he gets shellacked again, then you're just toast. You have to go with Morazic. Why not go with him tonight and just try and change a little? But again, the storyline out of Philadelphia is that they are not going to change that. I will bet they go with Elliott tonight. Uh, this just in, Bob. Uh, Drew Doughty of the Kings got suspended for a game for questionable hit. I don't even know if Tom Wilson from the Caps is getting a hearing. But did you see the Cadre hit last night on Wingles? I did, absolutely awful. How many games should he get? He should get minimum three. Three. I don't know if I would. Go, they're never going to go six to ten like Linda Cohn was. They're never going to go three. I don't think they'll go through three either. And why, if he has been suspended before? I keep reading stories about why he's looked in the collective bargaining agreement as a first-time offender. Is it because of the, you know, how egregious the hits were before? I've been trying to look up his past and what he's been suspended for. It couldn't have been anything like this. Well, that was brutal because that guy was, was, you know, on the ground. Well, on his knees, really. On the ground right against the boards. And, and, and he targeted his head with his hip. I've never even seen anybody do that before. Left his feet, too, to target him. I mean, he had to bring his knees and his hip up to hit the guy in the head, and he did that. And it was great. Chara grabbed him right after. Chara was like Office of Discipline, you know, for the league. He, like, just gave him the full why that was wrong, why you can't do that. Just yelling at him the whole time. He should have hit him just once. That's Bob McLaughlin, brought you by 84 Lumber. We got Mike Rupp at the bottom of the hour. That'll be the hockey show. It's all hockey talk from 530 till 6. But why not beat the rush and talk hockey now by dialing 412 wxdx It's the Mark Madden Show on the home of the Penguins, 105.9.